What's going on comic book movie fans? My name is Jonathan. This is Comic Book Cinema. I'm actually going to do a whole series on all the older Superman films, starting with Superman the movie that came out in 1978, all the way up to Superman Returns, which was the spiritual sequel to all the other Superman films. Why do I want to subject myself to this torture? Well, I do it for you guys. I watch these movies so you don't have to. As a child, I actually really enjoyed these movies. I, I grew up watching these movies on repeat, literally. There's a big part of me that really enjoys the nostalgia in these films, but I fully expect that as I go back and rewatch these, there's gonna be a lot of differences from the time that I watched it then to me watching it now. So join me on this journey. Today we're going to review the first ever Superman film that came out in 1978. Superman the movie. So the first thing that sticks out to me when I watch this film again for the first time in so long is the iconic theme song. I mean it's really hard to get more iconic than that. Dare I say this theme song is more iconic than even Star Wars. Another thing that I noticed too is the intro to this film is really, really long. It's something you would never see in a comic book movie these days. The intro is probably like four minutes, maybe close to five. It's just nuts how they had the credits rolling and all these names popping up one by one for like four or five minutes. I kept looking down at my watch, my phone, I was like, gosh, this is a long intro. One thing that I will say about this film and the music in particular is it, it really plays a pivotal role in the movie. Almost as pivotal a role as the actors themselves in the film. It really sets the tone well. It just brings you on this journey. I say bravo to the composer that wrote the music for the film. I'll say that Krypton looks really cool and very alien. I think that was what they were trying to do and they did a good job getting that across on screen. Another really ambitious and cool thing about this film is they start planting seeds for the sequel in this movie. At the time, superhero films were not nearly the, the franchise and the money makers that they are today. So I thought it was really gutsy to, to go ahead and include the villains for the sequel in this movie. You know, you see Marlon Brando who plays Jor-El, Superman's father, trying Nan, Ursa, and General Zod. I, I thought that was really interesting how they went ahead and just threw everything at the wall and, and put these characters in the first movie. I think Marlon Brando does a decent enough job. It's not anything groundbreaking, but I think that, you know, obviously Marlon Brando was a great actor of his time, more famous for The Godfather and other films of that nature. His performance, like I said, in this film is not necessarily groundbreaking, but, you know, he does a decent job. Apparently he was a diva on the set as well, from the rumors and rumblings of the cast that were in this film. Nevertheless, he doesn't really blow my socks off, but he does a decent enough job. We all know the story here. We've seen Superman movies. Or if you're like me, you've seen Superman movies thousands of times. Jarrell warns of the impending doom to Krypton. The council doesn't listen, so he ends up sending his son to Earth because he knows that his son's going to thrive in that atmosphere and be stronger, yada, yada, yada and Krypton ultimately is destroyed. One interesting thing to me about this film is they the decision that they made to cast a younger Superman or Clark Kent right before he left for Metropolis and kind of really grew into his own. Fun fact, I looked up how old Christopher Reeve was at the time they shot this film. He was only 24 
And when you look at Spider-Man, especially with uh, Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield, some of these guys were pushing 30 when they were playing a high schooler. Really, Christopher Reeve was young enough to play a high schooler in this film. The decision that, that was made to cast a younger version of Clark Kent was very interesting. Another little tidbit as well, Christopher Reeve's voice was dubbed over the actor who played young Clark Kent, Jeff East. And Jeff didn't have knowledge of this until after the movie came out. Obviously, the special effects have not aged well here. I mean, this is a movie that came out, you know, 10 years before I was born. And some of you, many, many, many more years than that. Uh, 1978, that was a long time ago. Obviously, we can't hold it to the same standard that we hold comic book movies today. With all that being said, I would say that, you know, for its time, the special effects were definitely groundbreaking and definitely trendsetting in a lot of ways. It's really interesting to me how Superman's powers have evolved over the years. If you guys really think back to way, 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 way back in the 30s, 40s, some, somewhere in that time period, there was the original Superman animated series. I remember also watching that as a child. Back in the 30s and 40s, especially when Superman first came out as a character, at that time, he was faster than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings within a single bound. I think that it's really interesting how much his powers have evolved over the years. We kind of get, get a little bit of that in this film. We see younger Superman racing the train and kind of going around it at the last second. So... It's, it's, uh, it's a nice little wink and a nod there. One of the biggest problems everyone had with Man of Steel that came out in 2013 was the way that Superman or Clark Kent's dad died. A tornado came through and he was helping people, helping a dog, I think, get out of a car. Clark Kent could have easily saved him, but for whatever reason, I guess in that film, Kevin Costner felt, or Jonathan Kent, felt so strongly about Superman waiting to show the world his powers. A lot of people had a problem with that. Well, in this film, they stick to the source material, and Jonathan Kent dies of a heart attack. Literally nothing that Superman could have done to save his dad. So in a way, he feels powerless at that point. When his father passes away from a heart attack, and he even says that in the film, he says, I have all these powers, and I still was not able to save my dad. I think that that's a really important part of Superman, the character of Superman, and who he is. One thing that I didn't notice before, I guess when I was a younger, you know, my younger self, there's some really nice cinematography in this film, really beautifully shot. So then we see young Superman create the Fortress of Solitude, and Marlon Brando teaches him all of the things. I'm glad that I didn't have Marlon Brando as a professor in college, because had I had Marlon Brando as a professor in college, I would have been sleeping a lot, and I definitely wouldn't have passed his class. As a matter of fact, after watching this film, I think I have decided to record that clip of Marlon Brando speaking to Superman and telling him all these things and put it on a loop at night. That way I'll get some really great sleep. I didn't realize how similar the plot was in Superman Returns to this original Superman film because I did watch Superman Returns, unfortunately, a lot more when I was in high school. Going back to this original Superman film, there was a lot of things taken from the script and from the story and brought over to Superman Returns. A lot of concepts, even a lot of lines. One thing I will say too, this movie is long. We don't even see Superman in action in this film until an hour and 10 minutes into the film. The film itself is almost two and a half hours on the dot. So it's it's a lot to take in. I don't know, I just think that there, there could have been a lot of things taken out of the film. 
especially this one little bit that we're about to get to here in just a second with Lois Lane as Superman. So the first time we do see Superman in action, you have the iconic and classic scene where he saves Lois with one hand, he saves the helicopter with the other hand, and Lois, as soon as she gets caught by Superman, he's like, don't worry, I got you. And she's like, you got me? Who's got you? That's an iconic line in comic book movie history. So when Superman arrives, he arrives. He's saving all kinds of people and stopping all kinds of crime. The criminals that were on the boat, like, was it really necessary for you to bring the whole entire boat and put it in the middle of the street, right in front of the police station? Come on, Superman, you, you could have done better than that. The boat was unnecessary, right? It's gonna take a lot of resources and people to get that boat out of the street. I was just thinking about that, like, why would you put the whole boat right there in the street? So as I alluded to earlier, some of the dialogue in this film is a little cheesy, especially when we get the scene with Lois and Superman, and she has her whole little monologue where she's thinking, but we, we as an audience can hear what she's thinking, and she's like, can you read my mind? And that whole bit was just, ugh, it was just awkward, and I felt like it was unnecessary. Even when they're flying together, you know, when Superman's flying, and he's holding her hand, and she's basically like flying alongside with him, physically that's not possible. You know, she would obviously be dangling, you know, there's no, just by him grabbing her hand, she's not going to be, oh, doing this number, you know, she's going to be like, oh God, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be different. So there was a lot of liberties taken with this film, and I think that when it first came out, initially people kind of just turned a blind eye to it. In retrospect, there was a lot of liberties, and, and we'll get to that later too. But I absolutely hated the scene with Lois and Superman. I thought it was way too long, way too awkward, and just not good. It didn't add anything to the film, let's put it that way. I think that Gene Hackman does a really good job playing Lex Luthor in this film. Him and his lackeys, when they're on screen in this movie, it's a really fun time. Honestly, in a lot of ways, Gene Hackman, Otis, and Mrs. Tessmacher saved the movie for me personally. Like, I was watching this today, and it really was a grind. I mean, like I said, it's two and a half hours. It's it's a long movie to watch, so when, when we got Gene Hackman, Otis, and Mrs. Tessmacher, for me, it really made the movie a lot more entertaining and fun to watch. Another liberty that's taken is there's one scene where Superman jumps out of a building, he is flying downward, and you literally don't see him doing this or anything, you know, he just, he's flying downward and his suit magically changes into the Superman costume. So like I said earlier, this is, that's another one of those liberties that were taken here in this film. So Lex Luthor has this grand scheme to drop a nuclear warhead at a specific point in California to make a lot of it just fall off into the ocean because he's bought all of the property that's east of that fault line. And on top of that, he has the kryptonite that's hidden in the lead box, which they then put around Superman's neck and he's weakened and he gets thrown in the pool. I would say that it's a pretty solid villain plan, especially when compared to crazy outlandish schemes that involve beams going into the sky or or turning everyone into lizards. So a lot of terrible stuff happens when the, the nuclear warhead hits California. I mean, you really see the chaos. I think that they convey all of that disaster and everything really well in this movie. And then Lois Lane gets crushed and dies. Something that, you know, I'm sure a lot of audiences at the time really did not see coming. This is another controversial bit too, and, and I personally don't like how Superman made the decision to rewind time that's another liberty that was taken with his powers and just kind of giving him these outlandish things that he can do now all of a sudden. That's also really controversial in the comic book movie community. 
Personally, I don't like it either. I don't like the decision that was made to, oh, well, let's just let Superman rewind time and fix everything. So yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. As many liberties that were taken in this film, there is way more taken in the sequels. And we'll get to those, unfortunately, later. So yeah, at the end of the day, Superman rewinds time, saves Lois, puts Lex Luthor and Otis in jail, and there's no questions asked from the warden or anything. They're just like, oh, okay, thanks for dropping these guys off in prison. Not that we need anything called the law or anything like that. Just, just drop these guys off. We'll keep them here. No problem. This movie was a true pioneer, especially for its time when it came to special effects. Heck, when it came to superhero movies in general. They were treading new ground in a lot of different ways. For its time, it was great. Now, it definitely doesn't hold up, especially when you, when you compare it to a newer, more modern superhero film. It really can't hold a candle to those. I respect everything that it did and everything that it accomplished, and it's quite arguable that without this film, we wouldn't have gotten the Tim Burton Batman movies or any of the superhero movies that we have today. Overall, I give the film a 5.5. Christopher Reeve was perfectly cast as Superman. So was Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. Like I said, his lackeys really added a lot to the film, but the special effects are hard to ignore, and a lot of the cheesy dialogue and the made-up powers that were given to Superman and the conclusion of the film as well. This film just does not quite hold up to today's standards. Guys, thank you so much for watching the video today. You can find us on Instagram, at Real Comic Book Cinema. We just created a new TikTok account. You can find us there also, at Real Comic Book Cinema. Look us up on Facebook. You obviously have already found us on YouTube. Thank you so much for your time. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. Help us out by clicking that bell. Every time we drop a video, you'll get a notification right there on your personal device. Until next time, have a wonderful day.